Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, December 3rd, we look at Lesson 10, The Fires of Hell. Together, let's look at the finality of hell and how eternally we can find joy in Jesus Christ. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, Lesson 10, Michael, The Fires of Hell. And a memory text is coming from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, test all things, hold fast what is good. And that is an appropriate memory text for this week because don't believe anything we're saying. Uh, Look at the congruency of the Bible once again. And, you know, I would say use common sense, but it goes even beyond common sense. Go with what God says and have faith and believe, right? Absolutely. And and, and this week's lesson is really, I mean, it's a fiery topic. (laughs) As, as we're thinking about it, I think this is actually one of the challenges that have really has really uh, messed a lot of people up to think about, you know, um, how scared they are with what's going to happen in the afterlife. And if they've done something wrong, that then they're going to literally turn to a crisp for it. Yes. So, Michael, that that brings us to this first thing. Immortal worms uh, <laughs> start bring some clarification right here in Sunday's lesson. Yeah, absolutely. So, so this is a, a passage here um, from Mark chapter nine, verses uh, forty-two to forty-eight, and I think I'll actually read it because you know I think it's just so important to this whole week's topic. Agree. Says if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the into the sea. So so far so good. I mean, kind of sad, but you don't want to like be the cause or reason why someone is lost or perishes, right? Right. So verse 43, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life maimed than to go with two hands to go into hell where the fire never goes out. And then verse 44 uh, and 45 here. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter two eyes and be thrown into hell where the worms that eat them do not die and the fire is not quenched. I should note that um, seven translations, including the one I'm using NIV, don't include verse 44 because it's not in the earliest manuscripts. But um, that's neither here nor there because the point of this passage that the lesson's concerned about is this question of immortal worms. Right. Is, you know, does does the fact that there are these references to worms is this like some kind of proof text buster that therefore there is an eternal hell? And people are going to die and suffer in it. So, um, and and so here's here's the thing. Um, if if this is true, if this is true, um, we need to look at the whole context of scripture. What does scripture say? Um, uh, and and this is clearly a scriptural allusion to Isaiah sixty six verse twenty four. And I'm just going to read this very quickly. And this time I'm reading from the ESV. And they shall go out and look on the dead bodies of the men who've rebelled against me, for their worm shall not die, their fire shall not be quenched, and they shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. So first thing to note is, you know, Isaiah, this is prophetic here, uh, thinking back of, of ancient Israel. And, 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 and it's not saying that on an ancient battlefield that suddenly these people are living forever, but that there's a permanence or an end to these kinds of things, right? right. So, 
So that's the first thing that um, you have to remember is that not all language in the Bible is literal or meant to be taken in a literal or literalistic kind of way. So we have to look at that context. And, and that's why how we interpret the Bible, how we interpret scripture uh, matters um, a great deal. Um, and so, yeah, worms, just just forget the whole thing about the eternal thing. I'm glad that God's not making us into <laughs> worms. You know, That's pretty pretty miserable <laughs> it does uh that's a if you're if you're really tormented that would be a great punishment right mm-hmm. but we don't have a we don't have a tormenting god uh yeah. especially not an eternal tormenting god in fact actually it kind of can uh, kind of makes a little bit of sense in that if you believe that 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 when the body when the a person dies, they go to sleep. They don't know anything, right? Their physical bodies deteriorate to dust again. Worms are what you usually think of in terms of uh, deteriorate, deteriorating flesh or when when an animal um, or some kind of carcass when it dies, right? So, right, right. so that's, that's part of it too. But, but uh, yeah, I, this is kind of trying to make a point. Jesus is trying to make a point that it's better to do something um good now or not to do something than to find out that that there are eternal consequences uh later so um that's that's kind of the point that jesus is making and i think there's some really good um evidence as we look at the context of scripture so um but back to this whole thing of of fires <laughs> the fires of hellbuster yeah so this is monday's lesson and this is probably more straightforward when it's talking about when people have an idea of what hell is like. Uh, and many of uh, great preachers in the past have used fire and brimstone sermons to scare people out of an eternal hell of saying, Hey, do you want an eternal life of, of joy and bliss in heaven? Or you want an eternal life in hell? And can you imagine mm-hmm. burning forever and ever and ever and ever? And so this lesson brings this out, uh, correctly talks about Malachi four verse one for behold, the day is coming burning like an oven and all the proud. Yes. All who wickedly will stumble, will, will stumble. Uh, it says, and the day which is coming shall be burnt. shall burn them up. Says the Lord of hosts that will leave them neither root nor branch. So there's a finality that comes along with that, along with Jude uh, verse seven, almost at one seven, but there's only one chapter there. And it says, and Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual morality and gone after strange flesh are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And it brings this out because there is this word uh, eternal, which is equated with this word anos, which is has an, a finality to it uh, till something is complete, till something is done. Sodom and Gomorrah are no longer burning in the Middle East. Uh, they are actually, the fires have been quenched out. And some people say, well, isn't that a spiritual fire? Well, we talked about it all this lesson. Uh, mm-hmm. There is the spiritual realms that we talk about. The dead are dead. They're sleeping. So their souls are not being eternally burned uh, because body plus breath equals a living soul. And there's no, if you say a dead soul, it just means someone who's dead, someone who's sleeping. Uh, And so as we put all that together and we correlate it and we look at it, don't be afraid of this eternal fire. I wouldn't say be afraid of it, but there is going to be a hell. And I know we're going to talk about that in the lessons coming forward, but there's going to be finality to it, right? So there will be an execution of judgment. There will be an execution of 
of carrying out the eradication of sin and people's choices, allowing them to choose which side they stand on, God's side or the world side or the enemy side, if you will. And But with that fire comes finality. They will be like ashes under our feet. There will be... Uh, they will be like stubble. There will be uh, this completion, if you will. And that's what this lesson is helping us focus in on, that we don't serve a God who is uh, allowing those who have done wicked to burn forever and ever. I have a really good uh, friend of mine who's also one of my for- former elders, who's now a lay pastor. And he said, can you imagine being in uh, being in the new city, New Jerusalem, and looking down and saying, God, Grandma's really sorry. It's been 10,000 years now. Can you just, can you stop? God, it's been 100,000 years. They're still out there burning. Like, can, can we, can we continue on? Right? Like, this mm. is, I think this is going up far enough. And no, it's not going to be like that. There's going to be this finality once again. And I believe a peace as well of coming to terms with why God does what God does. And yeah. so, Michael, with that being said, talk to us about another misnomer, saints in purgatory. Yeah, absolutely. Before we go on to that, the thought struck me as I was thinking about this, you know, the negative, you know, punishing on and on and on. But yes. This is the Christmas season. And right now, as we're recording, it's Black Friday, right? So right. everyone's kind of thinking, you know, what kind of great deals can deals. I get? <laughs> and uh, even, even more than that is, you know, thinking – you know, hey, do I have Christmas presents for the people I care about in my life? You know, and um, so I'm kind of thinking about those kinds of things, and and it just reminds me Math, Matthew seven eleven. If if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how you much will your Father who isn't in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So, you know, we have a loving Father in heaven, not someone's trying to put you in the crisper for as long as possible <laughs> for the slightest little offense, and and yeah. You know, that just seems so unreasonable from a from a human perspective, even uh, with all of our problems with sin and everything else. I just can't imagine doing that. Your kid messes up and makes a mistake and then you punish them for a year for some little minor infraction. And yeah, you you, you, you you spilt the milk. So you're grounded in perpetuity. Yeah, yeah, forever and ever and ever. And people will be like, what kind of what kind of terrible tyrant are you? Yeah. And and that's really the problem is a lot of people think God is a tyrant, but but he's not. And so uh coming hey to the saints in purgatory. And and I think this is a fun, fun lesson. Um, I love this idea of saints. We don't talk about it very much in, in Protestant circles, but the idea that there are people who live very spiritual lives, who um we uphold for their spiritual examples. And that sense of the word saint is actually a good, good sense, right? Right. That people, I mean, we think of the Bible heroes. These are people that we, despite their flaws, we thank God for their example and the record of their lives that we can learn from them. The problem is, is that in some theology that, especially in medieval theology, developed this idea that you needed to have an intercessor, that God was so holy, so pure, we couldn't possibly come to him. So we need someone to intercede on our behalf. And scripture is so clear that that Jesus is the only inter- intercessor that we need. But but you can understand where some people feel so far and distant from God. They they felt the need for this kind of thing. And and to the point where people actually pray and do deeds to earn some kind of merit or pray to saints on their behalf. So this idea of indulgences and penance and almsgiving, 
um, really becomes quite significant. Again, once uh, we're looking in medieval theology here, and there's a couple of verses here that the lesson points us to. Um, Ecclesiastes 9.10 is just one of them, that whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for in the realm of the dead where you are going, there is neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. So in other words, there's a finality. You can't can't like do a redo, you know, let me right. read my life all over again. Re Reincarnation and, is not there. Right. It's not. It's just not there. So um, scripture, I think, is, is quite clear in this respect that that we need to do the best we can to live our lives the first time right now and to make those right decisions that we need to do. And um, we have a loving father in heaven who is willing and eager to hear our prayers and communicate with us. And um, if, if we pay attention to that, we don't have to worry about um, earning our salvation. Of course, my favorite example in church history is Martin Luther, very familiar refrain, I'm sure, to, to many of our listeners with his protest, his 95 protest against indulgences as a way to try to earn uh, favor before God and uh, right. discovered that that wasn't something he needed to do. And he goes to Rome, he's at Pilate's staircase, and he hears the words of scripture, the just shall live by faith. By faith. And he realizes all the stuff that he'd been doing, none of it really mattered. So beautiful, uh, beautiful story. But I, part of this isn't just fire. It isn't just uh, purgatory, but this whole theology of disembodied souls in paradise. So, Buster, uh, take us back to that. Yeah, so this is brings up an interesting text that I've forgotten all about until I studied this lesson, Michael, which is Acts chapter 2, verse 29. Mm -hmm. And uh, as, I was, as I was reading it, it talks about a little bit about David. It says, man and brethren, let me speak freely to you uh, of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would rise up uh, the Christ to sit on his throne. Right. But then it goes mm -hmm. on verse 34 and 35 for David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord uh, said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies, your footstool. And mm -hmm. it correlates this, uh, Michael with first Corinthians chapter 16 uh, chapter 15 verses 16 through 18 for if the dead do not rise then Christ is not risen and wow. so here the apostle Paul is he's not talking about um, the dead when they die immediately he's talking about if we don't have hope for the second uh, for the for the second resurrection right for the for the second coming I should say for the resurrection yeah. of the dead in Christ he's like well then what what power does Christ has have over death? And verse uh, 15, 17, and if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still mm. in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And so he's saying that those who have died in Christ, they've perished, but there's hope of resurrection again. And we see that throughout his his letters. First uh, Thessalonians 4, we say later on here, First uh, Corinthians 15, I believe it's 51 all the way down here at the bottom talks, talking about the the great victory over death, uh, especially verse 54. Uh, mm -hmm. And we'll get into those later on in this lesson, like I said before. But this idea of the soul leaving, right? We are buried and we are awaiting for Christ to come back. And so once again, correlating that with all of this, we see the biblical evidence. If you were looking for more uh 
hit us up. We can get you some more of that evidence, but it's right here in this lesson as well. It goes all the way through uh, Revelation 6 to Matthew 27, uh, 2 Kings 2. Um, there's point after point after point of the Bible correlating and making sure that it's congruent with this idea of sleep and death. And so now Michael finishes off here with the biblical view. Sure. So we're finishing off with 1 John chapter 5, verses 3 through 12. I'm not going to read that whole passage, but I do want to draw special attention to verses 11 and 12. And it says, and this is the testimony, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Amen. And whoever has the Son has life, and whoever, whoever does not have the Son does not have life. And so life is a gift from God. And yes. eternal life, most definitely, is a gift from God. Just we don't have any inherent um, entitlement to such life. Um, and, and part of it, I think, is you know contrasting a biblical Hebraic worldview uh, versus the Greek notion of an immortal soul that that really developed in platonic thinking and neoplatonic thinking in the first few centuries of the Christian church. And, 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 and part of that is this decided shift that, that really occurs. And so what we want to do is we want to remain anchored in scripture, right. not in some kind of human philosophy. And, and this is uh, essential for us to understand when it comes to our bodies and who we are and what happens when we die. And the lesson's been going through these themes at various points. Like I said, there's a lot of these scripture texts. You have to look at all of scripture here. But um, we do not, in and of ourselves, have the power or the, uh, the we, we're we not the source of life. That's just as simple as it is. That source of there life is the gift of God. And Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And he invites us to believe in him. And as the words of scripture in John eleven twenty five says, even though they die, they will live. And we Amen. have confidence thanks to scripture. We can place our confidence in the word of God. And, and that gives us hope. That gives us hope when we're looking at, um, in this case, the fires of hell, the torments of hell, how awful that is. Uh, and part of that, I think, is just simply... Um, you know, Satan, the deceiver from the very beginning, trying to portray a wrong view of God and his character. And I, we've already talked about, you know, how, what does this mean? If, if, if people are punished for these, you know, for all eternity, um, it just doesn't sound like a very loving and compassionate God. But yeah. Thank goodness we do. We know, thanks to scripture, we do have a loving and compassionate God who takes no delight in the, in those who perish uh, and gives every opportunity possible for us to live with him forever. Amen. You know, I, I think that's the point of this entire lesson, Michael, which is a correct view of not just death in the Bible, but a correct view of God and his character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it draws us in to reconnect to him through a rela actual relationship rather than being afraid of him or being afraid of death or being afraid of eternal fire. We're actually drawn in by the love that he has for us and the great mercies he's give, extended to us uh, through the sacrifice of not only his son, but also through this, just the procurement of our salvation, what everything he's done to draw us in, help us to realize that. Love it. Well, I think that puts a wrap for another week, uh, Buster. So we've, we've covered it. And we just hope that you as our listeners will find encouragement through this lesson 
as we continue on, especially this holiday season. I know it can be difficult to think of loved ones we've lost, but uh, we know that we do have the hope of resurrection. We know that we have a loving, compassionate God. So uh, without any further ado, this is Sue. And Swoops, signing Signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.